Are you living life apart from your faith? Sue Boland shows what it means to live a biblical worldview, now on Probe. A young Christian couple I know married with high hopes for the future. Within three years, they were divorced. The husband handled his hatred for his job by snapping at his wife and retreating to online gaming, and the wife shut down her heart to him and opened it to someone else. In her book, Total Truth, Nancy Piercy tells of a Christian lawyer whose job was to find loopholes in the contracts with clients that his law firm wanted to get rid of, that is, which enabled his company to break promises. She tells another story of a Christian who worked at an abortion facility and never saw any conflict between the Bible she studied and its command not to murder. This disconnect between biblical teaching and the way it's lived out is not just an American problem. Many African Christians go to church on Sundays and pray to Jesus for healing or prosperity, but when he doesn't answer the way they wanted, they go to the village witch doctor. All these people profess to be Christ followers and agree that the Bible is the word of God, yet they don't view reality or live out their lives as if Jesus were Lord and the Bible is true. They don't have a biblical worldview. Our worldview is like an invisible pair of glasses through which we see reality in life. If we have the wrong prescription, the wrong beliefs and assumptions, what we see will be fuzzy and undependable. If we have the right prescription, we will see things as they are. The prescription of these glasses consists of our beliefs and the things we assume to be true that make up the filter through which we experience and interpret life. For example, let's say you walk into a Walmart and discover that you are their zillionth customer. Balloons drop, strobe lights go off, you're handed a $1,000 gift card, a trip to Disney World, and the keys to a new car. Your worldview will determine how you interpret that event. If you believe in luck, you'll think, hey, it's my lucky day, the stars are shining on me. If you believe in only this physical material universe, you'll think, nice, but it's a totally random and meaningless occurrence. If you believe that Jesus is Lord over everything, you'll think, I so do not deserve this gift of grace, but I thank you for it, Lord, and how do you want me to be a good steward of this amazing blessing? Everyone has a worldview, even though most people aren't aware of it. We believe a biblical worldview is the right prescription, and we'll be talking about that this week. This has been Probe with your host, Sue Bolin. To sharpen your worldview, get your free copy of Sue's transcript, Living Out a Biblical Worldview, by going online to probe.org. And join us next time as we elevate the biblical view into plain view, here on Probe. We all buy into some kind of overarching story that explains why things are the way they are. A helpful way to structure a biblical worldview story is in terms of creation, fall, and redemption. This structure answers the three big universal questions. Where did we come from? Why are things so messed up? And how can it be fixed? Everything that exists and everything that happens can be put into one of these categories. Creation answers the question, where did we come from, as well as a basic philosophical question, why is there something rather than nothing at all? God created us in His image for the purpose of having a relationship with us, and He created the universe and our world as well. This explains the exquisite design we see in the human body, right down to the molecular machines inside cells. 
Creation explains why the earth is so finely tuned for life. Just the right distance from just the right kind of star and the right kind of moon, just the right temperature for liquid water, just the right kind of atmosphere for us to breathe. The fall answers the question, what went wrong? Adam and Eve's rebellion against God brought sin into his marvelous creation, resulting in brokenness, blindness, and nothing working the way it did in the perfect pre-fall world. The fall explains why death feels so unnatural, why there is suffering and sickness. It explains why there is moral evil like murder, rape, and theft, and why there is natural evil like earthquakes and tsunamis and tornadoes. Many people are angry at God at these things, but they're all effects of the fall. He didn't create the world this way. We're the ones who messed it up. This fallen world breaks his heart far more than it breaks ours. The good news is redemption. God is working a plan to set things right and restore his damaged, distorted creation. A just God will fulfill our longing for justice. He will make the wrongs right in the shattered whole. Good will triumph over evil once and for all. God's promise of restoration explains why we are haunted by our longing for the perfection of Eden. He's going to bring it back. God's got a plan and he's working it. Tomorrow we'll look at how a biblical worldview helps us focus on the unseen eternal sphere of life instead of being functional atheists. One of my favorite things to do is go snorkeling in the crystal clear waters of the Caribbean. When I'm wearing a mask and a snorkel tube, I can float on the water's surface and enjoy the beautiful fish and corals that live in the underwater world. But I can also breathe air from the above water world. When I'm snorkeling, I get to enjoy two worlds, two spheres of life at the same time. This is a picture of what it looks like to live out a biblical worldview. Paul exhorts us to focus not on the things which are seen, but on the things which are not seen. For the things which are seen are temporal, but the things which are not seen are eternal. We live in a physical world, but looking at life biblically also means living in awareness of the unseen, eternal, spiritual reality that also surrounds us. Many believers make the mistake of living as if they were functional naturalists, as if the material, physical world were all there is. The physical world is so in your face about its reality, especially when we get tired, hungry, and thirsty every day, that we don't have any trouble being aware of this sphere of life. But focusing on the unseen, eternal part of life, like donning snorkel gear and going face down in the water, allows us to function in both worlds at the same time. The 17th century Brother Lawrence lived out an important spiritual discipline he called practicing the presence of God. When we do this, we're able to process the heartbreak of living in a fallen world and the apparent unfairness of what looks like evil winning. When we read the prophet Habakkuk and what Asaph recorded in Psalm 73, we can see what it looks like to remember that God is sovereign and he is able to make all things work together for good. It helps us see all people as beloved image bearers for whom Christ died, even the jerks who cut us off in traffic. It helps us remember that what may feel like a bizarre random event may actually be the attack of spiritual warfare. It helps us balance our feelings, which are part of the fallen physical world, with the truth of God's Word. One Christian woman filed for divorce from her husband with no biblical grounds, claiming that it must be okay since she didn't feel convicted by God. 
Thinking Biblically means cultivating an awareness of the spiritual realm, the eternally important things, and the activity of God, angels, and demons. It's like going through life wearing snorkel gear. Do you think of your spiritual life as time spent reading the Bible and going to church, but the rest of the week is yours? Or do you give 10% of what you think of as your money to the Lord because that's his portion? One of the ways Christians fail to live out a biblical worldview is when we buy into the false division of the sacred and the secular. Thinking biblically means believing that not only is Jesus Lord when we die, but he is also Lord over every aspect of our lives and of his creation. He created us in his image and then commanded us to take the salt and light of our image-bearing influence into every aspect of life. Business, science, law, education, politics, art, to name a few. Let's look at some examples. I've had a freelance calligraphy business for 30 years. Beyond showing honesty and integrity in my business dealings, there is also value in the beauty I bring into people's lives through my hand lettering as a reflection of God's beauty. All of my husband Ray's education is in biology. He lives out his biblical worldview by seeking to explore and understand God's creation through science and then explain it to others in a way that gives glory to God. Christian educators who express a biblical worldview are teaching about God's world and God's truths, whether they mention him or not. My son's undergrad education was in art. We loved seeing how he wove his biblical worldview into his art pieces. He suggests that a Christian artist has the opportunity to express both the brokenness of life in a fallen world as well as the hope and redemption found in Christ. Christians in law can live out their biblical worldview using their knowledge of the law to create protection for the weak and defenseless, to criminalize criminal behavior, and to codify making restitution, all of which are biblical values. Jesus is Lord, and He loves and provides for His creation through people, whether we are delivering milk or delivering babies, serving in the military or the government, growing corn or managing hedge funds, raising our family, or even serving in a ministry. It's all God's work, and we get to share in it. Just as we can't divide colors into sacred and secular, we shouldn't do it with the rest of life either. I said in the first day's broadcast, the worldview is like a pair of glasses that is comprised of our beliefs and assumptions through which we see and interpret life. A few years ago, when someone ran a red light and slammed into my husband's car, we got a chance to put our biblical worldview into practice. He sustained a concussion, but miraculously, no cuts or scratches or broken anything. It took almost a year for him to recover from both the impact on his body and the mental fuzziness from his concussion. Together, we practiced responding to this trauma according to our Christian worldview. The most important truth was that God exists, and he has revealed himself to be all-powerful and all-knowing. That means that getting T-boned was not a random accident that just happened. We reminded ourselves that a loving God was in control. He was still sovereign, even though he allowed Ray to get hit and his car totaled by a driver without insurance. God is all-powerful, and he could have prevented the accident, but for some reason he didn't. We determined to trust him even though he wasn't explaining himself. This was a very bad car wreck. The witnesses couldn't believe he wasn't killed instantly. Instead, he was protected from serious injury. 
We have thanked God many times for his amazing protection that resulted in a total recovery. Ray experienced very real pain and suffering, but we know from the Bible where that comes from. The fall of man is responsible for most pain and all suffering. He was not troubled by the possibility that his suffering was meaningless because there was no one up there or out there giving meaning to it, like what atheists and agnostics have to face. Ray's car wreck had a special impact on me. At the time, I was dealing with my fear for our son's safety since he was about to enter the Air Force during a war. Because Ray's car wreck happened just three blocks from home, God impressed on me that his protection has nothing to do with geography. The best place to be, the safest place to be, is in God's hand, and he has promised that no one can snatch us from his hand. I sensed him impressing me that I could trust him with my son just as I saw the way he protected my husband from lasting damage. I hope this week's broadcast has helped you grow in your ability to think biblically so that you can see life as it really is, God's world, God's life that he invites you into. 